This podcast was brought to you by Good Episode Productions, and you should be thankful. Making just a trailer reaction episode is also a little whack, especially that if we already dropped a bonus episode on the main feed this week. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's also too much content, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we got most of it out through the Twitter um, or at least I did. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I spent most of yesterday in like a haze of emotion. And then today I've just, I'm a lot calmer. I'm hungover. It's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Watch trailer. We're who watches yeah, the, the watch trailer. We're I'm... watching the watch trailer. <laughs> <laughs> We've watched the watch trailer. <laughs> we have watched the watch trailer. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just do the regular intro and then do the trailer. And then do it. I think we're going to be a bit longer than a cold open, even though I know our cold opens are normally 20 minutes. They're normally 20 minutes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Okay. But I think it's confusing for listeners if they they haven't heard. They're waiting for that sweet release of the intro music dropping, you know? Yeah. Coppola. Uh, Russell Crowe and uh, The Godfather, Citizen Kane, Here Knightley, Jude Law, The French just Connection, Nicholas Cage, directed by Scott Walker, De Palma, mm. Scorsese, Spielberg, Spielberg, Joseph Gordon Levitt and Tommy Lee Jones, Film. Hello and welcome to Who Watches the Watch, um, a Discworld reread slash watch podcast hosted by three people who have the best taste in film and TV. Um, and I'm Charlotte, your host. I am Lucy, your other host. I'm Janosch, and my favorite movie is that one where the trains comes up, train comes out of the screen. Yeah, mine yeah. too. I heard that if you close your eyes when the train gets right up to the front of the screen, you'll feel like you're dying. That was yeah. a Tumblr post, wasn't it? Yes, that's what I'm referencing. <laughs> um, George uh, can't that? be with us today because he activated his lumberjack mode and exhausted himself. <laughs> uh, yeah. That thing that's in, like, in, in Stardew Valley. I was going to say Stardew Valley. <laughs> George chopped too many trees and now his energy bar is at the bottom. Yeah. yeah. So he's having to take some time. But um, lumberjack ailments aside, we do have news in that the we watch have news. trailer dropped. Yeah. Which we said about six times now, but I thought We've I'd say it. it again. It's intense. Yeah, but who knows if it's going to be in the episode at this point. <laughs> um, I'm going to make this episode as horrifying as possible, so maybe. Um, Great. Uh, welcome to all the new listeners, by the way. If you're new here, I'm sorry and welcome. We have our own particular podcast energy, which I'm sure you'll get used to very quickly and enjoy. Yeah. yeah people are loving us. That's, that's the thing you have to know about this podcast. If this is the first time listening to this, is it's very important f- uh, for, for you to know, and it's very important for me that you know this, that people love us. <laughs> people love us. We're yeah. loved. We have loved ones. Testimonials. So if, <laughs> if you feel like this isn't great... Or if you if you don't enjoy this, <laughs> then you need to listen to more episodes until you end up loving it. Yeah, you have to listen to enough episodes that the pyrosociality kicks in and you're like, <laughs> yeah. damn, these are my real life friends. And even though they're annoying, I guess I love them anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're not annoying. No one's ever said no. that about us. 
No one's ever said no. that we're annoying. Uh, I did get a review of <laughs> Facebook that said, um, I've been listening. It's nice to hear a podcast about the books. They're tangents of tangents. I started off thinking their politics are a bit extreme, but I'm getting to think it's more the case. They just won't say anything good about anything. <laughs> this is untrue. I will say plenty good about communism. <laughs> uh, I like the Tao. <laughs> we did say good things about like some of the books. We like mm-hmm. some of the books so. that we do a podcast about. <laughs> I think we're gonna. I think we like this book, and mm-hmm. this is going to come as a shock to everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we might have liked the trailer for the watch. I think we might have liked the trailer for the watch. I I'm definitely coming around on the trailer of the watch. Mm-hmm. So let's set the scene here because okay. you may, may have noticed this, this is the first time listening to this podcast. You may have noticed that this podcast is called Who Watches the Watch? Yes. Which is a reference to the TV show <laughs> The Watch. <laughs> and mm. if you look very closely on your podcast app, look, th- this is a call to action. Whatever you're doing, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, open up the app where you're playing this and look at the cover art for this, uh, for this show. And you will notice that we are fighting a TV screen uh, as the characters from the cover of Guards Guards. We are fighting a TV screen that plays the TV show The Watch. And you will notice that it plays the TV show The Watch because it just says the words The Watch on the TV Mm -hmm. screen. It's like a Ben Garrison political cartoon. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you considered a career in that, Lucy? (laughs) Yeah, if if all else fails, I'll just do political comics. You don't have to be good at art. In fact, you should be bad at art to the point where it's painful to look at. Yeah, bad at art and inconsistent in politics. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So yeah, we set out this podcast to, like, the, the origin story of this podcast is that one of the people here tweeted something about i want to get mad about the watch tv show i want to want to start a podcast about it mm-hmm. yeah who was that i don't recall <laughs> anyone who would do that because they would be proven wrong time and time again in the manner of um sideshow bob stepping on rakes and that would be embarrassing it would be embarrassing for Chaz to admit that um, i mean whoever yeah. it was to admit that <laughs> Listen, this podcast started because I'm compulsive and I'll tweet anything at any time. And then people will just always jump in the bandwagon of anything I've created and be like, yeah, we'll do a podcast with you. And then they end up doing a podcast with you. And then you have a Patreon and suddenly it's sort of gotten a bit out of hand, you know? Suddenly we're writing a book. Suddenly we're writing a book. (laughs) (laughs) But listen, social media is a force of good sometimes. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we started off very sceptical. If you have listened to our first episode, mm-hmm. we talk about our yeah. initial reactions to um, the proposal of this series, um, and we, we come down pretty hard on it, which, in retrospect, maybe that was harsh of us, you know? We didn't know that much about it. We were just blindly reacting. We hadn't read the books uh, recently, and we hadn't decided that we hated Nigel yet. You know, we were whole different people. <laughs> No, we love Nigel. I mean, Nigel's uh, a classic character. <laughs> you love Nigel. <laughs> I think more importantly, we also haven't watched or rewatched the Color of Movie adaptation and the Weird Sisters adaptation, and we'll at one point watch the other ones. Yeah, yeah. Hogfather going postal. I maintain that Hogfather is good, but I I do agree that it's a bit dry. 
Yeah, yeah we'll see. Point is, we've watched some very true to the source material adaptations to the point where it was almost actually detrimental to the movie. Mm. I yeah, and I think the problem with those was also that it was too like extremely close to the books in a way that if you have read the books, all the jokes are like don't really land as well as they do in written form. But mm. on the other hand, if you haven't read the books, it's it just not going to make any sense to you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because a ton of the jokes were, like, set up in a way that you only understand it if you read it. Yeah, well, the jokes yeah. are set up in the narrator's third voice. And then yes. if yeah. you translate it into film, you suddenly don't have that third voice because there's no constant narration. And so you have hmm. characters kind of saying things that are maybe a little funny if you're... They may be funny, but it doesn't hit as well. Yeah, the timing's wrong and it doesn't flow correctly. Um, and you can hear us talk more about that on our Weird Sisters uh, episode where we talk yeah. about the show, about how we sort of... Well, the the movie, the animated movie, we sort of come to the conclusion that it's really, really hard to do a straight Terry Pratchett filmed adaption because of the way um, it's all so that, gay. all the jokes are set up. I think I think we actually said that the idea Terry Pratchett adaptation is if they just make shit up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of thematically similar. Um, and mm. has the same sort of type of humor, but isn't just like a straight adaption, yeah. like the Good Omens adaption, which I hate. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I previously said I didn't like it, but then the more I think about it, the more I don't like it. So mm. <laughs> I think it's. I, I actually, I I still stand by the Good Omens adaptation. It's fine. Mm. It's not great, but I don't hate it. Mm, I like parts of it. I just think it's very yeah. clunky and very. It has that same thing as Color of Magic. Yeah, but I think it's more entertaining or more watchable in Color of it Magic. It is, but I also feel like they sort of say like narration jokes as dialogue so much that I, I, I guess for someone who knows the book fairly well and knows a lot of the lines, it just comes off as like weird to me and unnatural. Hmm. I mean, I know more people who uh, watched the Good Omens show without having read the books and super got into it Um, it's probably great if you haven't read the source material maybe no i don't think it is it was just also it it's kind of uh developed in a lab for a like super hulok audience so yeah (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah well exactly and it will and it worked because i continued i saw that kind of stuff on um tumblr for I'm still seeing that kind of stuff on Tumblr, and this was years ago. Was it years? Two years? Mm. Time goes by so quickly I now. I don't know. <laughs> um, I think it was like, wait, let me think. It's 2020, right? Yeah. I think it was like at the beginning of last year. That yeah. sounds correct. Yeah. Or like like spring last year, 2019. That yeah, probably. Yeah, I you know again, time means nothing to me these days. Uh, <laughs> Why should it? It could uh, be anyway. any time. What is time but anyway? I think, I think also like what made uh, Good Omens appealing is like the kind of the same thing uh, that makes something like Doctor Who or I assume Supernatural 
appealing it just also has the exact same same problems at the same time so yeah i mean i've never been uh, anyway <laughs> i don't like uh, Doctor Who very much um the other thing i was gonna say about like our early reaction to the watch like to just the articles about it and what comes out now mm. which i think might have colored our perception is that when when we talk, talked about the watch first like when we started this podcast Mm-hmm. Nobody talked about it. Nobody talked about the watch. Yeah, people didn't there even know like, it was a thing. Yeah, there were like three articles about it. And now suddenly, like, I don't know if it went trending, but like a ton of people have opinions about it. And I think every a ton of... has got a blog post about how they hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Which is lame. Now other people are doing it, it's lame. When we were doing it, it was cool. <laughs> it was funny then, and we yeah. were right. But now... Um, I will say that the the trailer on YouTube has 1,400 uh, likes and mm-hmm. 3,400 dislikes. God. No, the other way around. Oh. No. Oh, wait. No. no, it's a different trailer. No, people don't like the trailer. No, the one I'm on is, is, is the one from BBC America, and that one has 1,000 downvotes, but only 300 upvotes. Oh, no. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. And so I've watched this trailer and I don't get why people are now outraged over it. Because if anything, this trailer has sort of said to me that this is taking more from the books than I thought it was going to. Yeah. And now everyone's like, oh, this isn't the Terry Pratchett I remember. And then they're all like putting pictures of the books in the reply and being like, have you heard of these? (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, this is, I don't get... This doesn't seem that dissimilar to the book storyline. There are, like, obviously parts of it that we've discussed before that are quite significantly mm. different, like not having Colin and Nobby, which is still kind of weird. But, like, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was kind of fun. <laughs> it looks but really fun. This yeah. is the thing. This looks yeah. really fun. And I... This looks fun. I can't... I can't hate it, and I don't want to hate it, because it seems nice. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> I'm... There is stuff I don't like about it, but that's that stuff is like Sybil being young and yep. thin. Mm. And still being a love interest. And still being a love interest, despite the fact she's like half of Richard, Richard yeah. Dormer's age. Yeah, mm. not to start age gap discourse here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is less about This is less about it being an age gap and obviously more about like Hollywood standards of female romantic interests but yeah yeah <laughs> um is it problematic if you uh probably if, if you <laughs> half is if you half his age and add seven then it's, it's like okay <laughs> <laughs> like that's not great uh you know it, it would be better if she'd still have been kind of old and kind of fat like that would have mm. been nice to see yes I kind of feel like I don't think he's going to be a, va- a a bad Vimes, but I think he's going to be a very Jack Sparrow kind of Vimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think he's playing an entirely different character, but we'll I think we'll, we we can talk about all of them in detail in a minute. I just wanted to mention like just as a general reaction from me was also cuz I was watching the comic con panel. Mm. Uh and I started out 
being very skeptical about it and then like was slowly won over by the end of it okay um, <laughs> because they also showed like some other clips they showed a clip of death mm-hmm. who is in it and is american for some reason why the fuck <laughs> not <laughs> why not sure <laughs> the thing for me that makes me excited for it is this seems to me like it could be the riverdale of Discworld. Yeah, <laughs> because it's it's the so, same thing, right? So it a better just, adaption. Yeah, it's it's in, in a similar in in the way Riverdale takes like just takes characters from Archie comics and does whatever hijinks they want to do with them. Yeah, and put them in a different like a totally different mood or totally different like like because because the the actual archie comics are like wholesome family fun or whatever and this one makes it edgy right mm-hmm. and this one also seems to make this world edgy in some way or like punk yeah yeah the uh, cyber or uh, steampunk or whatever i think the punk element is very like yeah significant uh but they they're having fun with it in the same way as riverdale is just having fun with archie comics like it's not a you know, imagine if Archie Comics fans were, like, Discworld fans. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> I, again, one of the things that has really endeared this to me is just how mad everyone is. <laughs> yeah. We're contrarian. We're contrarian. Listen, I have been accused in the past of holding views simply for contrarian reasons. And I'm not saying whether or not that's true or not true. But I will say that nothing nothing gets me madder than people being mad online about something like this in a way that's just really, really annoying. <laughs> it's so annoying. And well, it's and really a ton of the smug. criticisms they have. Yes. It's very much boomer on Twitter energy. Yeah. Um, like British boomer energy where they all talk in like a sort of over vocabularyed way and like with correct pronunciation and they're like, I abhor this horrific treatment of my dear source material Sir Terry Pratchett would die if he could see this abomination. Mm-hmm. That just it really gets my goat, you yeah. know? <laughs> I have some choice quotes. Do we, do we want to talk about do we want to like shit on the Discworld fandom first or do we first want to like actually talk about the trailer? So should we talk about the trailer or alienate any potential new listeners? Um... We're going to have to do both, I think. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, we'll start with the trailer then. Okay. So I have it pulled up here. Okay. Uh, it starts out with someone jumping off somewhere and then there's a d- people running away from a dragon. Mm-hmm. And we see a dragon for just a split second. So dragon confirmed. Yeah, dragon we confirmed. weren't sure. I didn't think that they would have the budget, but they've proved me wrong. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to look when we see it for more than just a split second. Mm. I mean, if they're clever, then we won't see it for more than a split second. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Maybe. We don't have to. Yeah, we shouldn't have to. And then we see the guy who's going to play Karsa Dunn jump off somewhere i mm-hmm. think that my theory about this is gonna be because they said in a panel that well we didn't think that th- 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 these books are wonderful but we didn't think any one of them uh has a plot that works for an entire series so we're just picking the best bits of all of them mm-hmm. uh, and my theory is uh, because they also said later that karsadan is going to be the main villain of okay. the whole thing 
mm. but it's gonna have dragons. So I guess they're gonna. My my theory is, is that they're gonna have a bit of the guards guards plot because they also show a book of someone conjuring yeah. something. So I think they're gonna have the guards guards plot of someone conjuring up a dragon, but it's gonna be Carsa who does it. I don't know yeah. how. They're gonna like merge his and Once's role or something. I think so. Yeah. Once isn't enough. Maybe he's a, he's a cool character, but I don't know if he's enough of a personality to stand out as like a main series villain. I think mm. I think Once is also in it though. Or maybe they're friends. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Once is just like a henchman. They're like working together. Maybe Carcer is one of the guys that he gets to help summon the dragon or something. Yeah. Mm. And then the next thing we've seen is he is Vimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he has. He has some eyeliner on. I love the eyeliner. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. I love it. Really coming out in favor of the eyeliner. <laughs> I'm genuinely like, I wasn't sure at first. Mm-hmm. But the more I watch it, the more I love it. I think it's great. I think it's a great touch. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. I like to imagine him putting it on in the morning um, and then leaving it on for about three days. <laughs> I just feel yeah. like he doesn't put it on. I feel like in this universe, it just like spontaneously manifests. I, do, I think so, but I'm into it. Uh huh. And then we see veterinary, and I'm even into veterinary. Like we, I think she's we were, good. We were skeptical about uh, Lady Veterinary, but she seems. I don't think we were. Good. I don't think we, we were ever that skeptical about Lady Veterinary. I think we always said that it was probably yeah gonna work. I think we we were skeptical about female. Cutting my own throat, Dibbler. Yeah. But not yeah. Veterinary. <laughs> veterinary works either way, yeah. She she kind of reminds me of when Doctor Who had the master be a woman. Like, mm, isn't that because a... it's the same actress? No, it's, it's a not the same actress, actress. But she's like kind of similar looking. Yeah. And <laughs> they, they seem to have a similar approach, I think, acting wise. Oh, yeah. she's... I do know her though. What's she in? Unsure. Uh, Anna Chancellor. Oh, she's fucking. Of course she is. <laughs> what? Uh, she's um Caroline Bingley in the nineteen ninety nine the nineteen ninety five Pride and Prejudice miniseries. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, that makes okay. sense. There we go. And she was, also she was in... like duck face and forwardings in the funeral and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. She's yeah, a and just a, just a ton of like TV shows. Uh, yeah. That I have never heard about. Yeah, yeah she's, I mean, she's probably like a character these. actor. Yeah. Um, Law and Order UK. <laughs> the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, she was in a Miss Marple episode. Yeah, everyone here is in a Miss Marple episode. If you <laughs> does every if British you go actor. to acting school, they immediately put huh? you in Miss Marple. Uh, yeah, she was in Spooks and all that stuff. Anyway, <laughs> then we get a comedy scene of Vimes trying to arrest a dog. Yeah, I wonder who this dog could be. <laughs> do you think we're gonna get Gaspard? Yes. Well, obviously. he does say you have the right to remain silent towards the dog, so I'm, oh think- I'm thinking this is a Gaspard that we're seeing. But here. do you think he actually is actually gonna talk? Yes, yeah. yeah. I'm certain he will. Yes. 100%. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> that technology See? gets cheaper and cheaper every year. Of course, they're gonna use That's it. That's true. I'm just hoping. It just seems really fun, you know? And this this dog does look appropriate to shit for a guest pod, so... Yeah. <laughs> they were just, like, casting call for, like, a really shit-looking dog. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but this is where we get to, like, Vimes being Johnny Depp or being... Uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow. 
Yeah. <laughs> I forget characters' names. Mm-hmm. I don't care about him having eyeliner, but because I think he is going for a Johnny Depp, Keith Richards, not Johnny Depp, yeah. Captain Jack Sparrow, Keith Richards kind of thing. And then when I was watching the Comic Con panel, he's got a fucking electric guitar hanging on his wall. The actor, so Hell I was like, yeah. obviously. <laughs> I was like, suspicions confirmed. <laughs> but I am really sold on this actor because the only thing I've seen him in was obviously Game of Thrones. <laughs> and like everyone else on Game of Thrones, they were like not allowed to show any any emotion or have any fun. He seems to have a great time here. And I appreciate yeah. that. I think it seems uh, pretty, pretty fun. It's just... And I like you know, him. It's an interesting choice that they made... Out of all the Watch characters, like, all the other characters uh, of, of the Night's Watch seem to be, like, competent people. Mm. And they decided to make Vimes the comedy character out of all of them. <laughs> which is an interesting choice. I, have, I, I kind of have a theory that they kind of mashed the knobs and colon bits with Vimes. That's an interesting choice. It's I mean, an interesting choice. There's there's a risk that they're going to get into, like, funny alcoholism. Mm. Yeah, and they do. Like, yeah. one of the other clips they showed was uh, sobering Vimes up, and it was very yeah. funny alcoholic. Which I, but at least he's not an epic alcoholic. But he's not, yeah, That was exactly. my fear. He doesn't drink and know things. He drinks and shits yeah. himself. <laughs> yeah, which is what we, were, it's what we were asking for, you know? Exactly. <laughs> That's what we want from Vimes. Yeah. I mean, we want it to be sad alcoholic as well, but, like, you know, you can have a funny clatchy and coffee scene. It's fine. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, we see... We see this great watch house. That we see... Uh, get get a uh, peek of Ankh-Morp and architecture, <laughs> which is, once again, a choice. It's Art Deco. Mm-hmm. But it's at least something. I kind of like it. Yeah, I'm kind of into it. It looks like a 1920s cinema. Yeah, I'm a fan of sort of Art Deco stuff. I think it looks cool. like it, it looks like Bioshock architecture a little bit also. Mm. Yeah, Art Deco. Okay. Yeah, um, it's that. I just don't know shit about architecture, so I only have pop culture <laughs> references. It's like a sort of swoopy arches. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of like chains and falling over in this. Uh huh. A lot of electricity. Trailer. Like lightning yeah. buzzes. Yeah, it's like a David Lynch movie. <laughs> I mean, I'm. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> See, electricity, it represents evil. Um... Okay. Um... <laughs> Detritus is definitely in it. Detritus is in it. I still think he won't talk. I think he should talk in perfect English. Oh, it would be so good. <laughs> There, uh, Sybil has a tiny dragon that spits fire, which I think mm-hmm. is pretty cool. It's like pretty a little good. handgun. Yeah. Yeah. And this dragon. this dragon looks great, actually. I have it paused where she holds the dragon. I love this dragon. It's very it's little, which very I enjoy. small. Yeah. Do you think that's Errol, or do you think that's just miscellaneous dragon number three? Um, I think miscellaneous. I don't think we're gonna get an Errol. You don't? Oh, okay. That's probably a good point. I can't tell if Errol is too, like, comedic in, I like, th- a dumb way. I think way. it's too twee. Like, I think Errol is too cute in a way that they don't want to go for because this is the edgy. <laughs> do the you watch. think Do you think Detritus is going to become the Errol? Boy. <laughs> so he, oh. he, he becomes a rocket and then, like, 
no, no, not Death in the Rite sense. is gonna fuck the dragon. Is that what <laughs> yes. means? Is it like a no. Shrek sort of donkey dragon situation? <laughs> no, I don't mean in terms of Errol's significance to the plot. I mean in terms of having like a funny watch mascot who's like not human, um, yeah, and doesn't mm. look it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they're gonna have a funny watch mascot. I I don't know. I don't How are they gonna? So. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. I like uh, that they're in a band. This is... They're in a band. <laughs> they're in a uh-huh. punk band. Which is cool. I, I love that. <laughs> are they going to incorporate soul music into it or what? I was wondering that. When I saw that, I was like, will soul music happen? Because I feel like you can't do soul music because it has like... That's a Susan story, you know? Yeah. That's um specifically a very Susan orientated story and it's got a bunch of other side characters so i don't see how they could do it but i guess they could have it in the background or something as like a mystery i just i just don't get why the watch themselves are in a band because it's cool <laughs> it's pretty cool I li- maybe it's I'm for a case it. maybe they're undercover like this is the kind of look i don't think i'm not quite sure that this is gonna be good but mm. it definitely doesn't look boring and this no. is the kind of like not boring i was looking for to just make them in make them be in a punk band why the fuck not who cares mm-hmm. finds yeah. on guitar um i'm just playing it at like half speed now i'm pretty is that carrot on drums it is that's pretty cool yeah. <laughs> i see his eyeliner too in this one Angua's Angua's on either guitar or bass. That's really exciting. God, I hope they release that they like actually play a full song that you can then uh, listen to. Oh my god, we could have that as like our theme song. A theme song. Yeah. Maybe mm, I'm I'm kind of jazz. I mean, it looks there's like an orky guy playing an instrument. What's that about? Um, like a goblin. Yeah. Hold on. No, I think that's. I think that's, that's not. I think that's scene. just like an. Uh, I think that's a, that's an imp, but I think that's not part of the band. Yeah, that's a different scene. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think. I think. I think it's painting. So I think they're gonna. Oh, it's painting. Okay. Oh, he's yeah. in the iconograph. I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. there you go. There, there you have it. Some real Terry Pratchett flavor. This is like straight out of the book. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think it seems not that big of a stretch from the books. <laughs> yeah. One one weird thing I want to point out is I still don't understand why she is tall, because yeah, yeah, well, because in the interviews as well in the Comic Con panel they didn't like yeah. the actor they didn't give any like they were like yeah Chiri is also a dwarf yeah they were talking about how <laughs> in dwarf culture uh, you assume everyone to be a man and everyone has beards. Uh, but they don't say anything. Like I, I don't understand. Like I, I don't get why. What's the name of the panelist who did it? Yvette Nicole Brown. Yeah, I, I, I don't Ew. get why she wouldn't <laughs> ask. Wait, dwarves aren't they supposed to be small? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I like what the the actor says about like the gender stuff. I think it's very interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. into that. But why, why Jerusalem? <laughs> I have to know. I guess it might have to be one of those things we get over, I suppose. Just because, I mean, they might explain it. I just think it is really weird that Carrot, even the actor in the interview is like, oh yeah, Carrot kept banging things with his head because he was a human. <laughs> and it's like, but... <laughs> but but Cheery didn't. He's taller than you. <laughs> Cheery's the tallest out of all of them. Uh-huh. Cheery got to Ankh-Morpork and had height 
um, enhancements surgery. I think I could look past tall dwarfs easily if it weren't also <laughs> for uh, Carrot still having grown up among dwarfs despite being a human. Like, how would yeah. how would everyone notice then that he's not a dwarf? They'd just be like, oh, a, a slightly average-sized dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the, the only thing I could see would be something about how he he just wouldn't be able to grow a beard. Mm. But it still doesn't work because humans are, like, a ton of humans can grow a beard. Like, <laughs> I've heard Vimes that, yeah. has a beard. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, there's also, there's also, like, a shot of Chiru with a beard in the trailer. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah, I feel like we either gonna get her with a beard first, uh, then she shaves, and that's it or maybe she will like grow a beard later again but still be a woman or whatever i don't know because mm. yeah. she in the books also goes through a ton of different stages so yeah she like overcompensates and yeah wears like a shiny red dress and gets embarrassed and then goes i can be a dwarf and also present feminine and that's like a whole thing mm-hmm. which thank you terry um well yeah i think i mean whether or not he did it intentionally in the books it is very much obviously like a a very trans storyline i am pretty sure they did intentionally like i will get to it but i find it hard to like any other interpretation is like over convoluted to me i think to i mean i think to us because we're clever and also (laughs) We we know all about that sort of stuff. It seems mm-hmm. obvious, but I think Terry thought he was just doing epic feminism. Um, well, I, I mean, it might be that it was intentional, but I think certainly a lot of people are not as clever and intelligent as us and do not interpret it that way, as we've been seeing with some reactions to this trailer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's because people are terrible. reactions, yeah. I mean, it's the best... Because the best interpretation is that it's a trans storyline, and that's the one that... It probably gives like the richest story um but you know i terry had issues with some things so who knows he he had like you know he would be homophobic sometimes <laughs> he's been homophobic uh on occasion so he's just he's not got he's not got the best track record <laughs> um with like queer themes so i don't know but like you know, they're still, obviously, they're still good. It's just, I'm not sure how much of that was his intention, at least initially. Mm. Yeah, Death is not in the trailer, but there's, like, an extra clip of uh, Death. I mean, we mentioned, like, I mentioned that he's played by an American actor. Uh, the voice is going for, I'm not fully sold on it yet. Also seems to be, like, kind of a meaner Death. Yeah. Um, his design... Mm-hmm. is not book accurate but i don't hate it it's like it's not the skull it's just like a it's just like a cape and you you see like two blue glowing eyes in the darkness i think it's very funny that his blue glowing eyes are like very obviously led lights yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i love that shit. <laughs> oh i like that it's very good to me 
I like to imagine Death like getting up in the morning and like he doesn't like have any light coming from his eyes and he just sticks two blue LED lights into his skull. <laughs> he takes them He's in. Like, I don't wanna I don't wanna scare people and I want them to make <laughs> eye contact, so I'm just gonna like put some LEDs so they know I thought. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is he looks exactly like our production of Soul Music. <laughs> 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 because that's what it was. So that's very funny. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, um, I was like, I watched this trailer and I was like, oh, they're doing a Scottish Vimes. And then I watched the Comic-Con panel and I was like, oh no, the actor is just Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how he sounds. I, yeah, I'm i into that. Yeah, yeah, it's, no, I like it. It's a nice accent. I, you know, I'm always for actors keeping their native accents. I think it's, mm. I think it's dumb if everyone has to be, has to speak RP or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would never do that, so... Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk a bit about the reaction. Yeah. Um, okay, because this is what was getting me uh, all, all head up yesterday. Um, yeah, yesterday we were kind of on one. We were kind of on one. Um, I was very close to tweeting some very mean things, which I didn't. <laughs> um, and I'm glad I did, because now I've calmed down. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you hadn't, if you didn't know, I am in charge of the Twitter account, um, so... None of us can stop her, so... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, out of all the Discord podcasts, you know, yeah. all of them, all of them are our friends now, but we're still the only one who weren't, who, who seemed to be genuinely excited about this show, so, you know, if you, <laughs> if you want to listen to a podcast where they talk smugly about how bad this show is gonna be than listen to <laughs> any of the other ones <laughs> okay listen we're friends of the other podcasts now. we're friends they retweeted we're us friends. obviously we're the bad boys of the Discworld podcast yeah. world um, yeah if you you're to listening <laughs> to this and you're from one of the other Discworld podcasts we're obviously just i'm obviously just you know playing this character yeah where I'm mean to other podcasts. <laughs> just a funny character. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, I just wanted to read out the top comment on r slash Discord under the trailer. This is kind of a mm-hmm. long one. Um, this is the most smug thing anyone has ever written. <laughs> to put this in the context of the trousers of time. Down Strong one stock. trouser leg... You have an excellent adaptation that, while requiring some changes and tuning to fit the medium, stays true to story, characters, and intent of the source material. Down the other leg, you have an adaptation that is peripherally somewhat related to what was actually written. The end result is readjusted, in the minds of those creating the show, to accommodate and appeal to the most broad of audiences. In what appears to be one of those quantum embuggerances that crop up from time to time, or from trouser to trouser, we have a third option where what was actually produced fell out of a hole in the crotch of said trousers, bounced Uh. off last year's father's almanac, and plummeted straight into the loo. That's Mm. simply my opinion. Don't let it sway you by any means. 118 upvotes. (laughs) Hey, listen, you are not Terry Pratchett. You are not Terry Pratchett. <laughs> All these people are pretending to be Terry Pratchett online and it's really annoying because you're not Terry Pratchett. I hate it so much. Only Terry Pratchett can be Terry Pratchett. Like, all the 
people making impressions of his writing or his mm-hmm. his wit are the f- most fucking insufferable. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> just don't do it. Just don't do it. Have it. I don't know. Just say it looks bad in like a just normal be, way. Be a normal person for one second. <laughs> say, wow, this looks weird. I don't like how they've <laughs> done this thing. Don't be like, oh, in my in the crepuscular dimension of of the disc worlds on the disc it's like this because i am terry pratchett you're not terry pratchett stop laughing it's terry pratchett (laughs) (laughs) it just it just feels sort of because it's like if you want people to read the books and and they claim that they do just be less condescending about it i don't know Mm -hmm. i (laughs) just I don't know. I you know, it's it's not perfect source material. It's great. No. But nothing We love it. Nothing is we do love it, but nothing is perfect and it's no. Frustrating watching people um act like it is. I'm just seeing these photos that you've sent of your production and wow, that is the exact same as the one they have in the show. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh-huh. It was pretty yeah. good. I want to watch one of these productions. I have it on DVD. <laughs> oh my god, you've never mentioned. Yeah, no, I, I just found it. Um. <laughs> well, that's going to be a stream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read out some more things here. Um, yeah, okay. Oh, okay. This is another another comment on the Reddit. They couldn't have done much worse. I don't know how they've mucked, that, mucked it up so bad. See, I can't even read out this this language that these people are speaking. Mm-hmm. Why is it so techno-dystopia-styled? What is going on with Vimes' voice? Was that supposed to be Sybil with the pocket dragon? <laughs> what do you mean, Vimes what's going on with Vimes' voice? Is it that he's Scottish? <laughs> Are they like, oh, Vimes isn't Scottish in the books? It's like, yeah, because Scotland's not real. Scotland? People still talk <laughs> differently. Um, in the books, um, Vimes votes to remain, so... <laughs> <But this laughs> Jot is, that the, down. <laughs> <laughs> the next sentence is the one that, like, really really grinds on me because they say was Vimes really just acting like I assume the patrician's obedient servant? No. No. He, he puts his finger, finger up at her, her in the trailer. How is that That's acting? The point. This is like the like a Patrick Rothfuss style understanding <laughs> where if someone acts this way at the beginning of something then that's gonna if someone acts, acts like this for in a one minute trailer then that's gonna be their entire character. But like he puts his finger up at her in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, if anything, he's less restrained than Book Vimes. <gasps> yeah, Book Vimes is too sort of confused to be like, oh my god, <laughs> mate, I'm okay, mad is... now. <laughs> you see, this is why we were so mad yesterday. <laughs> One more Reddit. To... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Reddit comment: Sam Vimes is wearing eyeliner. I say again, Sir Samuel Vimes oh is wearing God. eyeliner. Go fuck yourself, BBC Americans. <laughs> oh my God. He's also an alcoholic who regularly wakes up in the sewers covered in his own piss. I think eyeliner is the least of your fucking problems. It's cringe to have eyeliner. I the see own- the way they're like, Sam Vimes, beloved book character, is doing this thing out of the ordinary. How dare you, sir? Just very, very irritating to me. But the only reason they have an issue with him wearing eyeliner, it's not a character thing. 
It f- it's not a fucking character thing. It's because they identify with Sam Vimes because of some weird kind of cop masculinity. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but that's what it is. And they're like, no, my cop masculinity, um, like, fursona or whatever, would never wear eyeliner. <laughs> if I was a really cool cop detective, yeah. I wouldn't wear eyeliner. I would exactly. be just really cool and I would shoot criminals in the head with my gun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! So also, there's there's yeah. like a sizable amount of people who are talking about how the going postal adaptation was so good. Why can't they do it like that? Uh, yeah, I saw that and got really mad because that yeah. is my least favorite adaptation of any disco book. So <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. That no, let's not do that. You see, they genuinely it is that book purist thing where they just want like literally the book but done by actors with, like, none of the dialogue changed. Yeah, just, they don't it's want... It's just not interesting. <laughs> they just... But then just read the book. Yeah. Listen to listen to an audiobook. Listen to one of the BBC uh, radio drama adaptations. Yeah, they're good. You know, it's... I think... Because we're going to have to get to moving pictures yeah, soon, I guess. Yeah, sure but... Pretty far in. <laughs> an, an hour almost. We can end on this uh-huh. because... I think the main lesson that we learned yesterday while getting mad online about people getting <laughs> mad online about the watch Hell yeah. is that the Discworld fandom is the fucking most sheltered of all the fandoms. Yeah, because they've never had any big fandom dramas like other fandoms have. You yeah. Know? They haven't had like, you know, they're not like the Homestuck fandom. They're not like... <laughs> Danganronpa. No one's ever claimed to have cut off their own toe and sent it to someone while kinning a Terry Pratchett character. Uh-huh. It's just not done. So they're not used to this level of like, I don't know, upset, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But they're also not like, you know, Avatar the last, the last Airbender got a bad movie adaptation. Did anything... Like, did, did that ruin Avatar? No, of course not. They made Legend oh. of Korra after that, I think. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. It's like everyone just forgot about it and it was fine. Yeah, Star Wars fans have had the prequels and then they had the rise of Sky- the sequels. Uh, Skywalker. Uh, fucking. And then they had loads more bad movies. Yeah. <laughs> just bad movie after bad movie, and they still seem fine. Uh, I mean, I don't know why, but they do. Gundam fans have gotten like fifty Gundam shows, and some of them were not good, and some of them were like not your thing, and it's fine, you know. It's, yeah. You'll it's, live. Yeah, like every you other franchise. <laughs> I'm telling you now, if it's bad, then it'll it'll be fine. Re, Re- Pratchett is already on Twitter being yeah. like, I'm going to make perfectly faithful adaptions of the books and they're going to suck. But, you know... <laughs> they're going to be pretty bad, I think. <laughs> they're going to be worse. Um, but she's, so you, she's you will doing get it. That. <laughs> yeah, they'll exist one day and you can uh, settle for them. And we will have our probably Riverdale-esque... And we'll love it. Listen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Out of sheer contrariness, we'll love it. Yeah, we're gonna make... I I did the math. The first episode is gonna drop right as we finished talking about uh, Small Gods. Ooh. Wow. Um, So, you know, no no high expectations or anything. It's not like we're gonna come (laughs) off a really good book. Uh, to yeah. dive into the TV series, <laughs> but we will be here and uh, podcasting about every single episode. There's only going to be eight of the TV show for you, dear okay. listeners, mm-hmm. yeah. and we will enjoy it. 
<laughs> well, obviously we will criticize it if we think it requires criticism, but we're not going to come at this from a bad faith angle. We're just going to watch it and yeah. then, you know, see what happens. Mm-hmm. So we encourage you, dear listener, to do the same. <laughs> and also don't tweet like that. <laughs> Please don't and don't end your tweets with a period. Yeah, don't do that. Um, yeah, I was just uh, before we just leave this, I was going to say that um, friend of the show, Neil Gaiman, was being really annoying about this as well, which is very yeah. funny. It's not his um, books. Like, it's, it's not his not books. His book. It's really annoying how he's like, I am, was... I am the arbiter of Terry Pratchett's will. Like the, the <laughs> most annoying thing about that Neil Gaiman tweet to me was it was uh, th- this happened in the mentions of someone who said uh, like just a fifty follower person who mm. uh, who said something about how well adaptations are adaptations and. I think it's okay if some of them take liberties. It's not like the books are not there. Like, that person was perfectly reasonable. And then Neil Gaiman, well, actually, them and said, yes, but the fan base are fans and they like the source material because the source material they like. So if you do something Mm -hmm. else, you risk alienating the fans on a monumental scale. It's not Batman if he's now a news reporter in a yellow trench coat with a pet bat. First of all, that sounds amazing. I would love to see that Batman. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Um, when has there been a good Batman adaption in, like, the last 30 years? You know? Yeah. Uh, I think the George Clooney ones were. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was the last years? time it was good. Yeah, that was in, like, the two like late 90s, 2000s. That's the one where Mr. Freeze is like, what okay, killed the dinosaurs? <laughs> the Ice Age. The Ice Age. They're really good. Yeah, that's I a good think, one. I think that's longer ago. I thought that was further. Yeah, I thought that was. Yeah, 97. That's in okay. 30 Still. years. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that hasn't been a good adaptation. There hasn't been a good, there hasn't been a good adaptation. Lego of Batman, Batman since was good, that actually. One. Lego Batman. Okay, Lego Batman was, Batman was good. good. Yeah. But that was like a different thing, you know? Yeah. And that's what I've been saying is that you need things to be different. You can't just do the same stuff over and over again in different mediums and be like, oh, this is cool. Everyone will love this. Mm. I mean, maybe they will. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but my point is, I don't want it. <laughs> and my opinion matters because I'm a Discord podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean to be fair we are like critics in and and we're yeah. being technically paid for it now so professional critics uh-huh so uh-huh. we're professional in, me- in many ways we are qualified to talk um about this kind of thing even though I've yeah. read only 10 of the books less actually I've read 9 and a third <laughs> <laughs> I've read almost every Terry Pratchett thing including his essays, so I feel qualified to yeah, have an opinion. You're as qualified as Neil Gaiman, at least, if not more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I am. I don't um, know if having written a book with Terry Pratchett makes someone more qualified to talk about him. I just don't think Neil Gaiman is qualified to talk about anything, yeah. and that's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Alienating fans left and right here, but it's good. I know, I love it. <laughs> Uh, please keep listening because moving on from this today we are talking about um, the first third of the book moving pictures moving um, pictures moving, moving pictures. pictures which I will welcome I to the podcast you must remember this <laughs> <laughs> welcome to you must remember this uh, a history of Hollywood's first century <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I love all the classic Hollywood references in this because I have listened to so much, you must remember this. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a lot in this that I think you get that I don't because um, I don't listen to that podcast. 
Um, it's pretty good. Well, it it's is really good, listen. and it's Lucy can't listen to it because of her voice. I oh, she's, her voice is so good. She's great. She's good. She's researched something about her voice. It's like the telltale heart for me. I <laughs> <laughs> it drives me insane. I think it's too slow. I'm not sure, but you know she's married to Ryan Johnson. I, wild stuff. I do because you told me <laughs> a bunch <Yeah>. of times. <laughs> But it's good. I didn't it's know very that. weird to know. Yeah, weird. Um, anyway, <laughs> moving pictures. Um, I will give you a, a quick summary of the first dead. Um, very quick because you know <laughs> I, this is a ridiculous length for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Not like any of our other podcasts, which no, are very short. normal um, size. Yeah. So moving pictures is about um, some alchemists who have created. Moving pictures, which is similar to our way of doing moving pictures, uh, but with small paintings done by imps instead of photographs, obviously, because it's Discworld. Um, and this happens after the final gatekeeper of a mysterious temple in the desert dies, and there is no one to light the fires or do the ceremonies, and so the idea escapes the temple and finds its way into various people's minds. Uh, soon, they have set up this entire production called uh, holy wood in the desert uh, initially by the alchemists and then more and more people move in as people become infected with this idea one of whom is our protagonist uh, Victor who, classic character mm-hmm. classic character who is kind of a mixture of um, Fred Astaire uh, Clark Gable and Douglas Fairbanks mm-hmm. um, these are all names yeah, I I don't, he's got the Douglas. He's got the Douglas Fairbanks uh, mustache, and they reference Fred Astaire when they go can't because that's can't sing, can't act, can dance a little, and yeah. for him it's the like, ginger thing is probably also like a, yeah, I was yeah, gonna say the ginger, ginger Rogers. Yeah, yeah. So he he's a trainee wizard. Um, he's very careful not to pass his exams because if he does, then he'll lose the money he gets to to study left to him by his grandparents, his granddad. But he, he becomes infected with the idea of becoming an actor and he moves to Hollywood um, where he meets other fun characters such as uh, Ginger, who is an actress and she's getting very tired of being rescued from things. Some trolls who are called like Rock and they, they've got like a their own little troll bar. There's this whole like fun Hollywood pastiche thing going on. Uh, Dibbler is there because he's been infected with this and he knows a good marketing opportunity when he sees it and he's sort of inventing film advertising and like all that sort of stuff. You know, they're working on films. The films are becoming more and more elaborate. They get fired from acting because uh, they go on break because they have no union. (laughs) Uh, Which is very funny. There's a very good commentary on the way they treated actors in early Hollywood. Um, And also just the studio system, which I thought was very funny. Meanwhile, uh, Victor, who's been sleeping on the beach, he discovers the hut of the dead uh, keeper of the temple, and he's like reading the book and going, huh, I wonder what this is about. <laughs> <laughs> what does this mean? This time won't stop me because I can't read. Uh-huh. Do you think it could be bad? Um, no. <laughs> in pursuit of this, he meets a talking dog called Gasbird. Hooray, Gasbird, he's here. Woof. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> he's just like, I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm a dog, and I'm meant to just be a dog. But instead, I'm having all these dreams about, you know, rescuing people from wells. And there's a bunch of other animals around who are also having, like, 
character thrust upon them. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we also have some scenes back at the university with new character, fan favourite, Mustrum Rickley. Hell yeah. New, and from here on out, only Arch-Chancellor of the Unseen University, yes. who is um, a very bullshit country wizard. I am plugging so hard. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my favourite characters. Oh, we love Rickley. Uh He just loves to hunt and have a good time, and he thinks all the other wizards just need to buck up a bit. <laughs> and his his scenes are just quite short. It's just him tormenting the Berser, and um, they've discovered like a weird thing that measures faults in reality that keeps going off because of what's happening in Hollywood. Um, and yeah, and that's where we are in the book at the moment. Pretty good book. Mm-hmm. It's very I'm funny. I'm having a good time. <laughs> it is very funny. I think this is the funniest out of all of them so far. This is where he starts really nailing the parodying whatever topic I feel like parodying thing that he keeps like, you know, soul music is the same with music, right? Mm. Uh, mm. There's a few other ones. It's just really funny that he does like, I'm going to do a stand up of Hollywood in this book. What should I call the town where it's set? Oh, fuck. I know. Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood. I've got it. Hollywood. Yeah, there's, there's, I don't know. There's just so many good bits to it. I love the troll bar where they go, and there's like a troll singer called Ruby, and she's just doing all like singer stuff, but it's in troll, so you you don't understand it. But it's a romantic song about killing, <laughs> killing <laughs> your boyfriend because he's moved on. And there's just like a bunch of good Hollywood references, like the stuff with the um, they call it octocelluloid. Mm-hmm. which is what they use for film, uh, and it explodes all the time, which is very accurate to how it actually is in real life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is very funny. And I, I love the bit where, where they're talking about how it works, because they call it clicks in this, yes. rather than flicks, because um, they turn a handle and it goes click, and it's because the handle like whips a bunch of tiny imps <laughs> to make them paint faster. <laughs> it's, it's the kind of thing that... You know, if this were some, like, Harry Potter bullshit, it would be super problematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he goes so over the top with all the imp stuff that it just ends up being funny. It's so funny. And it's just, like, the horrible abuses. Like, they've got salamanders they use to, like, uh, make lights, but they're also whipping those. So. <laughs> yeah, they only <laughs> produce light when they're in fear. Yes. <laughs> Because they do it when they're scared. And at one point they're like, can we have a camera that moves? And he's like, oh, but the imps would fall over. I suppose I could nail them <laughs> to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really good. Uh, yeah, just all the, all the references to like the abuse that people working there face is just, I think, is really, really good um, satire. It's um, interesting to me that like the uh, trolls and the, like, dwarves and elves and stuff all have maybe not unions but certainly better working conditions yeah i think that's a reference to it was something to do with like how the horses got better conditions than the actors or something in early hollywood (laughs) is that true yeah it was something like that yeah i know early hollywood was just famously bad to uh to their actors Oh, ter- yeah, I mean, I, I do like the line in this that um, where Victor is asking, like, the gaffer, like, isn't this cruel whipping the imps and the salamanders? And he's like, not really. I get a rest every half an hour. Guild of Handelman regulations. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Like, yeah, he's so they, fine. he is a guild, but there's no guild of actors here, so... There's no guild of actors, there's no guild of salamanders. The salamanders should unionize. <laughs> yeah, they haven't made United Artists yet, so they don't have their own, like, actors um, studio, you know? It's, mm. it's harsh. Yeah. I love the I love all the bits with with cut me on throat Dibbler. Like he's kind of so good. Almost a secondary main character so far. Yeah. I I don't think he ever gets this much screen time in any of the other books, but I'm really enjoying it. Mm. Uh like he's he's basically in every Ankh-Morpork book, right? Uh, yeah. From this point on. But in this one it, ju- it just turns into like an entire you know, send up of capitalism and film industry and you know advertising <laughs> yeah it does play off cool. the it does play with that thing as well that in early hollywood um it was started by like business businessmen yeah. and like rich tycoons who were coming in looking for an opportunity and sort of the artists got sidelined pretty quickly in favor of this very like monetized system mm. which yeah it's true it's yeah but in this yeah. one the like alchemists are like <laughs> The joke is that it was invented by people who are, like, really boring and have really boring yes. taste. So <laughs> the movies they produce are, like, uh, there's a there's a bit where they made a historical movie that has a five-page monologue that they showed on in very small text on screen. <laughs> yeah, on cards, because it's silent, yeah. <laughs> they don't understand what, like what the limitations of of the clicks are or what what makes mm-hmm. them good like they they just want to make like educational pictures and mm-hmm. dibla is like no the people want the sensation 1000 elephants yeah <laughs> and kissing. yeah he's obsessed with putting many elephants yeah they want kissing and they Elef- want sultry moments <laughs> yeah the elephants is also like a great classic hollywood joke yeah because like all the like cecil b demil movies mm-hmm. always had like <laughs> Uh, elephants on the advertising there's this like yeah there's stuff where they all dream about like mountains and stuff all the time uh-huh. um just just the paramount thing which just keeps happening throughout the rest of the book but <laughs> it's good i do i do think it's very funny that this book is just like yes we've invented film and doesn't it bring people joy and the immediate next thing is like and now we've invented advertising yeah <laughs> mm-hmm and they're all like some, the play that couldn't be Hollywood. banned yeah it's like they tried to stop it but they couldn't <laughs> he knows what the people want it's also like stuff filtering from other universes I guess from ours which is like a big thing Yeah. so they keep seeing things which they they really they feel the urge to do but they don't know why and they keep yeah. like at one point Victor is doing a romantic scene that he he's acting in and he sort of feels like his body's been taken over by like the spirit of cinema um and he's forced to play it in a certain way and he ends up kissing ginger and it's like very dramatic but he he doesn't feel in control of himself yeah there's a ton of that like everyone talks about how uh this is just hollywood like it's this place has a power and it (laughs) makes you do things Mm. yeah like um the the dwarves who were doing a, another movie were like, yeah, we just started singing the other day. We don't know why. We were singing this song. I don't even remember the lyrics. It was like, hi-ho, hi-ho, hi-ho something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah. like, not what dwarves in this world sing, because famously the the canonical dwarf song is gold, gold, gold. Gold, gold, gold. gold, gold. gold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and also, yeah, Dibbler goes back to Aint um to talk to the picture studio 
um, sort of the cinema. And uh, while he's there, he's like, "Ah, oh, the solidity of Ang Morpork is it's proof against any weird Hollywood influence." And then he starts singing in the rain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a I, dumb joke, but I did like it. I know, it's great. Nobby and Colon were in this, because they see him doing that, and they're like, he must yeah. be off his nut. <laughs> they get a little cameo. Yeah. This is a I, sort of Stanley cameo type. Yeah, this yeah, is... they'll keep popping up from th- now this, on. This is going to become a thing. Like, just... I, I, I feel like this is where, where this starts, because Guards Guards didn't have that much of it. But from here on, it's going to be like... He, he's going to love put, like characters from one of his book series in like major in like minor bits in uh books that are unrelated to it yeah because now they all exist so if if they're <laughs> in an area where they be he's like oh it's them yeah it Thank just you. feels like he didn't really think about world building before or he didn't mm. really think that these characters all like actually exist in the same space and now he's like wait i can just show them i can just have them pop up in well, he, I mean, he's always done that with the librarian. The librarian's always oh, yeah. been in Yeah, like, that was the only the one books. so far. Yeah, Other, well, the librarian and death, but like death yeah. is always yeah. present. Uh, death is always death is constant. Present, yeah, death is the one constant. Yeah. Some, some great bits with the librarian here too, like... <laughs> well, not even with the librarian, just with Ridcully asking yeah. about him. <laughs> um, he's the first one who, who actually, like... Because everyone else accepted it pretty quickly. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. they're used to it. Red Collie's yeah. like, "What the fuck? <laughs> Why do you have a?" If they've been through like five arch chances, but <laughs> since that happened, you know. Yeah, yeah. I highlighted the Red Collie just introduction because not because it was like out of the ordinary because they introduce a new arch chancellor in every single book up until now, mm-hmm. but I know just mm-hmm. from being on like the Discworld Facebook groups, and obviously I haven't read any further than this, so. I know that he's like the one that sticks, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. What is, what's your uh, initial impressions of um, this guy, Ridley? I'm trying to like, I don't know. I'm trying to like conceptualize him, and he kind of comes across as like a proper, like old English aristocrat, kind of brandy drinking and hunting and whatever all the time. But then again, he's kind of not that as well because he's sort of, mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know. He's a bit hard to he's a bit hard to pin down. He's fun. He's a fun character and enjoy the scenes that he's in. Yeah. I think it's kind of also the point of him to be like hard to pin down because that's why he, you know, like oh, the, 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 the burster is also like just so confused by him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're all, they're all like, oh, he's a, a simple country wizard. He should be easy to bump off if we need to. Yeah. <laughs> but he should be like, because he's called Wrinkly the Brown, which is, <laughs> I think, a lot of the Rings joke. Well, it is. So. That's a Radagast joke. <laughs> yeah, because they're like, oh, he'll, he'll be down with nature and he'll be able to sing the songs of the birds and like feel the powers of the earth. But instead, he's just like a really obnoxious, like country squire guy who just loves to hunt and kill things. Yeah. And do sports and get up early. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite bit about it because like everything else he's like I don't know, I, I love this the like being very obnoxious and shouting at the birds and shooting at them or whatever. But then at the same time also being all about that morning routine which all the other wizards just can't deal with. <laughs> yeah, I like because they're academics. Yeah, I like the description of them being very fragile in the morning. I find it very relatable. Yeah. It's yeah. also kind of important to note, I guess, about Ritkali that uh, he, like, advanced to 7th level by the age of 25. So he's, like, 
enormously uh-huh. talented wizard. Yeah. He just yeah, chose he's... after that to not <laughs> to not get to eight level because why would he? Yeah, he's just a he just likes to have fun and yeah. um, you know he likes to shoot crossbow bolts at the door to practice <laughs> in his spare time. Yeah, I, I got so excited about the introduction. I really loved the uh, cast of the wizards that are gonna become a thing from mm. here on and gonna pop up in a ton of the books. Yeah, we got a we got a Windle Windle Poon reference here. He's here. He's here. We got Ponda Stevens here. Ponda's here as well, which is exciting. Yeah, um, I'd heard not of, really. I'd heard of Ponda Stibbons, so I thought, oh, this is going to be a Ponda Stibbons book, and then it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let he, down. He's not really. He's not really his his later character here. Yeah. He's still a sort of very early version. He does get a thing I didn't mention um, was that they decided to forcibly pass Victor by giving him one question on his test paper, so he couldn't just fail. Um, which was what is your name? And Ponda gets the he gets the test paper instead because he spills ink on his, and that's how he passes. <laughs> <laughs> that scene was so good because it starts with like him turning the paper over, then turning it back if if it wasn't on the other side, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he like writes his name and underlines it twice, and then he just looks around and then he writes the answer to this question is. <laughs> Ponda Stibbons, which is my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. Um, and it's nice to see him, even if we haven't got, like, any Ponda stuff, really, yeah. yet. Yeah, it's gonna, like, all, I think the cast is coming together nicely. Like, the Burser is also yeah. gonna be a major wizard character. Uh, and I think, like, the the interactions between him and Ritkali are, like, incredibly funny. He's used to the Arch Chancellor just signing whatever he puts in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> this this guy's guy. asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> um not to not to do one more of just recalling funny scenes, but my <laughs> The, the the funniest scene to me was before uh Victor was shown the click. The mm. moving picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he thinks that it's gonna be like a shadow play, and he yeah. thinks back about how his grandpa always did deformed rabbit because he was shit at it. <laughs> and he was gonna do something else, but it just looked like a deformed rabbit. And then, like on the next page, when the when they turn on turn on the light, people are shouting, "Do deformed rabbit!" <laughs> <laughs> It's good. The jokes in this really hit. I like my favorite, maybe not my favorite, but it's up there. I love that they they inv- <laughs> the alchemists invent popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> and they call it banged grains. <laughs> banged grains, <laughs> which unfortunately is what I'm going to be calling popcorn from now on, because uh, it's just such a great. See, but this is how it starts. This is gonna. This is how you you're gonna become the obnoxious Reddit person who just well, yeah. thinks that Terry Pratchett. <laughs> I know that's my worry, but it's so funny. <laughs> it's really it good. is really good. It's very um, dumb, but very good. We instinctively feel it's what you have to eat, along with Dibbler's horrible hot dogs. It's like yeah. you know what you have when you're watching it. Yeah, I did. I did like um yeah when they're um doing. The new film with 
uh, Victor and Ginger, they're like, ah, oh, but three reels, that'll be almost ten minutes long. <laughs> God. I wish movies were ten minutes long. Yeah. You ever sit down and watch something and you're like, this is good, and then it's like, oh, it's been two hours, and you check and there's an hour and a half left? Fuck mm. that. <laughs> yeah, I, I miss when movies were just one steady shot of factory workers running out of the factory. <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm just thinking back at some of the like early early silent films that we were shown in like media studies film class there were some really good ones there was one that um accidentally invented war i don't Oops. know if you've seen mm-hmm. that one no i haven't shockingly it's, I would love to see it's that like one. a minute yeah. long it, and it's about a guy swallowing the camera and then at the end you see the actual cameraman <laughs> being swallowed by him Ooh. oh shit it's, that's really cool it it is it, it's you know kind of a contested notion but some people say it's the first close-up in the history of cinema i think it's Very called close. like god what's it called hard to get closer i should think yeah it's called the big swallow <laughs> oh hell yeah <laughs> of course it is wait is that why the is that why the um griffin McElroy thing was called the big gulp no because big gulp I is like know. a drink you can get a big gulp i think in america i don't know we don't have that in europe we don't gulp as much <laughs> irritated by a photographer who solves his dilemma by swallowing him and his camera hole the three shot uh-huh. trick film one of the most important early British films. Of course it's British. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was sexually repressed in every other sense, so you've got to have something. God, the ending of this is so funny. The real legacy of this <laughs> is TikTok teens doing, like, camera trips where it looks like they're going into mirrors yeah. and stuff. Yeah, like, this is where they started to invent. And th- this, you know, this, this still ties back to moving pictures in a way because this is also about how, like, one of the... Um, things that keeps happening is they notice the limitations of their current setup and they start Mm. suggesting things such as you know put wheels on the camera and tie the imps there with the rope so you can move it around (laughs) and it's like what early film was like the you know first ones were just a steady camera in with one shot like you know classics such as train coming into the station or factory workers running out of the factory those are my two favorite movies i think um but then they started like coming up with uh things such as movable camera or editing Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah editing is a big thing yeah yeah editing is the the reason why we get to our movies now so blame them so I think we should no longer have any editing. I think everything should be one shot. Yeah. Oh no, then we get like fucking nineteen eighteen. No, what was the one? Where it was. It was, it was nineteen. Trenches? Oh no, it was nineteen eighteen, right? It was nineteen eighteen. Yeah. Maybe. I, oh yeah. Birth yeah, of a Nation, or what are you talking about? No, it's like it, it no, came no, no, out the in film. the last year. It's just like a film. Oh, the movie nineteen eighteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Not. I thought you were talking about movies made in nineteen eighteen. No, no, the film nineteen eighteen, where it's like this film was done in one shot, and mm. you should love it. Therefore, because it's so cool and new and innovative, even though it Stupid. has been done before. But shush. 
And it's like, I don't want to watch it because it sounds like it would hurt my eyes. But it's like... It's just war movies suck. If you're going to do a, a oh, movie yeah, that's, that's you know, also one true. shot and two hours long, fucking hell, do anything else. <laughs> There's a German movie called, I think, Victoria. Oh, I've yeah, I've heard of that one. That's also one shot. That's also one shot, but it's an action movie. And, you know, I don't know. Is 1918, like, actually one shot? Yeah. No. Oh, is it not? Because well, I think like it's like a trick shot, thing, there, right? There is, yeah, there is like... Yeah. Um, they marketed it yeah. like it was. No, because this German movie is like actually one shot. So they had to like rehearse everything in a way that they can film the whole thing in just one shot. Yeah, I remember... Yeah, I 1918 does have um, does have cuts, they're just hidden. Oh, because I remember somebody telling me about Victoria and they're like, you gotta see it, it's all one yeah, shot. Yeah, I haven't I seen like, it, nah. I just heard What's of it. What's it about though? <laughs> yeah, it's like gimmicks only take you so far, you know. Well, exactly, which is why I'm not going to watch 1918, and it's why Boyhood wasn't good. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the thing: you can put all this effort into your dumb, arty, like big concept film where you film people from childhood or whatever, and if uh-huh. the film's just not that interesting, then it's not going to save it. Yeah, you know, I I think yeah, I think movies are just really going downhill i just i just can't with all this like i'm just looking at the suggested things here and the next one is by the same director movie called stop thief which i think i've also seen Hmm. uh and it's about people chasing a thief oh so good and i think this was also referenced in the book i think because i think there there was something about how uh what was the the last movie like I don't know, they just talk about one of the other movies they filmed and it was called, like, Man Stops uh, <laughs> Robbery from Happening or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. 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 I feel like movies we should have come a long way, but the... have they also really, like... <laughs> yeah, too <laughs> far. Too far. <laughs> Take them back. Bring back the silent movies. Yeah. We should revive the, um, the like, feud between... Uh, the Lumiere brothers and George Melies, because that's like yeah, a, that would be better. <laughs> that was a big thing. I think I think everyone should like take a stance. It's like it's like the same way you have to pick a side in a rap battle or, oh, or in a yeah. rap feud. Yeah, I have been to so many but, rap uh, battles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've taken many sides in my time. <laughs> well, it's like saying Marvel versus DC. You have to be like. Uh, but I stand George Melies, so the Lumiere brothers can go fuck themselves, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like both have their arguments, right? Because the the Melies brothers, uh, George Melies, I mean, he does the more like fantastical stuff and he does a ton of tricks. But on the other hand, the Lumiere brothers like really capture life's essence by their like more naturalistic approach. Yeah, so should we have to choose? Yeah, we we always have to choose. This is not a <laughs> this is not a podcast for babies. This is not for snowflakes. <laughs> I don't know one anything. Of them has you know, to like, cinema, only so. like one thing. Listen, <laughs> I don't know who any of these people are. I don't know anything about cinema. This is it's <laughs> okay. Film, film. Sorry, <laughs> these are my favorite movies. Citizen Kane. <laughs> Yeah, I love Citizen Kane. Pretty good film. Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Never seen it. Here's quitting you. It's pretty good. <laughs> I refuse to watch anything that's American in really long, so I also haven't seen Gone with the Wind. Yeah, the, well, Gone with the Wind is, like, racist, so don't watch that. Yeah. But but Casablanca is actually really good. 
just to drop my uh, film lover act to say this as <laughs> like the, the, that's a genuinely good movie check it out can't also, wait to listen okay. <laughs> can't wait to get on twitter after this and be like men keep trying to make me watch Casablanca <laughs> that's not even one of them like <laughs> I don't think either Casablanca or Citizen Kane if you go into a man's house and you say you see that Casablanca uh-huh. you do, that's definitely a warning sign and you should leave mm-hmm. yeah, it's right next to my copy of Infinite Jest <laughs> I've just been cutting bits of my hair off whilst we were recording this, so I have to stop doing that. Uh, let me tell you about some more of my favorite movies. The Godfather. <laughs> Godfather 2, I think you'll find, is actually uh, the better one. So. But you have to watch Godfather 1 to get to Godfather 2, or Godfather yeah. 1, or Godfather 2, you're going to be like, who's Mikey? My favorite <laughs> film is Chicago. <laughs> Chicago is a good movie. Chicago, of course, a classic. Yeah. <laughs> Eight and a half. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Um, what else is a good movie? Uh, Eraser Venom. Head. Venom is a good movie. Eraser Head and Venom, I think, are about the same level yeah. of good movie. And they're kind of about the same thing if you think about it. They kind of are. I don't. I haven't seen Eraser Head. <laughs> I haven't seen Venom. <laughs> I've I've seen both the Razorhead and Venom. I'm truly the dialectics of this uh-huh. podcast. Um, they actually si- line up perfectly. Not many people know this, but if you play them at the same time, there's going to be like a ton <laughs> of striking parallels. Yeah, it sort of it sort of makes sense. You know, he's in the factory. It's got the bit where um the guy's pulling all the levers in the moon, and uh-huh. that happens while the Eminem song is playing <laughs> on the motorbike. <laughs> I loved it when Eminem was in a race ahead. Was... <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like, you know, David Lynch likes to put musicians in his films, yeah. and I thought the addition of Eminem was a really bold choice. Yeah, my my favorite David <laughs> Lynch Eminem movie is Eight Mile. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good stuff. Um, it's pretty good. I'm trying to think about... So, Venom is about... Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think about what the theme of Venom is. It doesn't have any. I'm sure there is one. It doesn't have it's themes. About how sometimes, in order to not be lonely anymore, you have to get a tapeworm. You have to have a parasite. <laughs> <laughs> you get a tapeworm and then it becomes your best friend. That's um, the theme of Venom. And it helps you pick up chicks. Which is the same as in a razor head, but he's lonely until he has like a really weird baby, which helps him pick up chicks. Um. <laughs> so in a way, a razor head and venom are both about using something using, to pick up chicks. Using, <laughs> using weird things to pick up chicks. One crazy method to get a girlfriend. It goes great to for Jack a razor head when he yeah he loves it. Uh, when he's able to pick up chicks with his funky little uh, eraser head baby. Yeah, she loves it. Um, she was like, I love your kid. He's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> what a good movie. They're the same film. Uh, I think they're both good in their own way. <laughs> hey, dear listeners. <laughs> Please tell us if Eraserhead or Venom is the better movie. Yeah, we need to know. Yeah, um, one of them needs to one of them I needs to choose. go. One of them You can only like one. 
One of them needs to be taken out of the Library of Congress. There's simply too many of them in there right now. Uh So we have to take out one of them. And we, this podcast, is responsible for what movies are in the Library of Congress. So, Yes. Mm -hmm. In the same way that you can only like the Lumiere Brothers or George Miller, you can only like Venom or (laughs) 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 Razor. Anything else we need need to talk about in this book? I don't think so. Oh, we have guest pod. We haven't even... Did we talk about Gaspard? He's here. Yeah, briefly. A dog. He's a dog. Talky He's dog. here. He's funny. <laughs> he speaks. <laughs> you know, we're really set. We're in the setup here, and we're mostly just enjoying it. So there's less to say than there would be about one where we don't like it. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's true. always the problem. <laughs> it's uh, simply good. It's simply good. It's simply a good book. And we're not all the way through the story yet, so I can't even tell you how the themes are coming up in this first third because I don't know mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Well, what do you think are the themes so far? Capitalism is bad. Uh-huh. And will ruin anything creative. That's, I think, one of the themes. But is it, though? Because I've been wondering this, because at the same time, the movies, or the clicks the alchemists were originally making were also, like, dog shit. Like, they were boring as fuck. So is it, yeah. like... Yeah, but, I, then I don't you, think... but then it's like the culture of Hollywood is the culture of like making as much money as possible. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Hollywood is making as much money as possible and <laughs> um, not caring about literally anybody else ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which sucks. No, I just think there was like... It's weird because Terry Pratchett clearly loves movies, yeah. film, Citizen Kane, <laughs> Casablanca. He loves it. <laughs> <laughs> because he knows so much about its history, right? He mm-hmm. makes all these references. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it, it seems like in this case, it's uh, capitalism ruined something that wasn't even good in the first place anyway. Well, it, I think it's more that Dibbler comes in with ideas of how to make it splashy and appealing. Yeah. But then as it goes on, semi-spoilers, maybe he gets... He goes a bit far. Yeah. Well, because it's like you <laughs> so can you can make things, things flashy and enjoyable, but then Dibbler's only motive, at least how I have seen him, is money. So if you if you uh-huh. want to make something yeah. flashy oh, yeah. and exciting for the sake of it being flashy and exciting, and maybe because you love it, then that's fine. But doing it for simply profit purposes is going to make everybody around you miserable, including yourself. Although. I don't know if that's how the story is going to shake out. That's how I'm interpreting no, I don't know. this first third. Um, did did we all enjoy the brief War of the Worlds reference? Because I did. I don't remember that. No, me neither. Where was that? Uh, it said... Oh, I can't remember the exact quote, but basically it's the bit where it goes like, um, no one would believe in the century of the fruit bat that... Um, beings far stranger than ourselves were viewing the disc with envious eyes oh okay um, yeah okay i didn't war of the that worlds, that's also the war of the worlds uh, radio play hawks was also done by orson welles the director of my favorite movie citizen kane so. <laughs> <laughs> i do like yeah the radio obviously play. that's good. obviously that's the the famous first lines of war of the worlds mm-hmm. Um, Can I say something really obnoxious? Like, a droplet of water. I just yeah. realized I have an opinion that is even more obnoxious than like because I'm I'm pretending this is a bit that Citizen Kane is my favorite movie. I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna get out of this bit immediately and then pretend it again. But for now, I okay. will admit it's it's a bit. It's not actually my favorite movie. But I realized that I haven't that my opinion that 
that I have an opinion that's even more obnoxious than if that was genuinely my favorite movie, and it's that F for Fake is actually the best Orson Welles movie, and it's even better than Citizen Kane, and it's like genuinely one of the greatest movies of all time. You know, I knew you were going to say that, and I don't know if it's because you told me that before, <laughs> or if it was just like an instinct. I don't think I've ever mentioned F for Fake before, but it's a really good movie. This- I have to tell you, you're saying that this is an obnoxious opinion of yours, but it means literally nothing to me because I haven't seen <laughs> See, Citizen Kane and I haven't seen F for Fake, so I'm not changed in any way by this. I just think Listeners, it's... what's better, Citizen Kane or F for Fake? <laughs> I, I do also like Citizen Kane. It's 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 still pretty good. No, you got to choose one. Um... <laughs> F for Fake is just is just so good, and it's only like seventy minutes long. Oh, that's perfect. Maybe I will watch it. I think you're gonna like it because it's very pretentious, <laughs> but like in a good Ooh. way, like in a way. It mentions War of the Worlds, in, so I I will like in, it because I love in War F of the for Worlds. In F for Fake, the like pretentiousness is actually like part of the point. Like it's it yeah. basically reflects on how pretentious it is. <laughs> you know, I think the only War of the Worlds adaptation I haven't seen is the weird like '90s TV show. But other than that, I've seen every single War of the Worlds adaptation. In, I've the only adaption that I've seen is the Tom Cruise one I like the music mm. that was on the CD that we had <laughs> I don't know who did that or when that was but I enjoyed it John Williams I don't know did you have the Jeff Wayne one like the audio yeah thing? yeah like, was it an opera yeah 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 thing? yeah the Jeff Wayne one it's great. fantastic I love that. that's my favorite I really one. enjoyed it oh it's so good I haven't I've listened Thunder to child <laughs> yeah I've listened to like <laughs> bits of the original radio play and really enjoyed that too it's a good story it is a good story crazy I do think the Tom Cruise one was like what if aliens were 9-11 literally well yeah it's post 9-11 invasion narrative we have to have the military yeah. solve this uh-huh. yeah I think that's like gen- generally considered as one of the most like 9-11 movies um oh it really is i just don't like the shaky cam like i <laughs> hope this is not a controversial opinion i don't like seeing shaky cam in movies i don't hate shaky cam i think if you film the whole movie in shaky cam it can get too much but when it's used for effect when it becomes like a handheld then i think it's it's good yeah. like a lot of succession is filmed with handheld handheld is fine but like you know, handheld is fine, just don't, like, start actually shaking it around. Yeah, there is a very deliberate yeah. kind of shaky cam you'll get in software. It's like, no, you could you could keep your arms a yeah. little steadier than that. I don't know. Give it a go. <laughs> when I was 16, Cloverfield was my favorite movie, so... <laughs> <laughs> I think the best shaky cam... This know. is another one of my obnoxious uh, movie snob opinions, but best use of the hand camera is in the Danish movie The Celebration, which is like the first and only good Dogma 95 movie. I will take you yeah. <laughs> Me too. I'm, don't I don't know much about it. movies. Um, I can't watch them anymore. There was actually a reference to that movie in Succession. That's very good. I love Succession. Best show. Um, my favorite movie is My Dinner with Andre, which I think could have been improved with just like a lot of shaky cam. <laughs> <laughs> I did it with Andre, but it's filmed entirely through GoPros. <laughs> that would have been that. Oh my god! I've seen a. I kind of love that. So. I've seen a tweet recently about uh, someone saying uh, the person I'm on road trip with just put on an audio-only version of my dinner with Andre. I mean, I think that's upsetting. <laughs> 
because people be saying that it's just a podcast um, where people eat, but I think that the visuals are very important to the narrative. <laughs> my um, dinner with Andre YouTube mukbang. Oh my god! <laughs> but would you listen to an audio-only version of a movie that you've already seen like ten thousand times? Like if you already, if you can already no, visualize, I would just listen to something else. <laughs> why would I do that? I mean, I wouldn't do it I don't either. Know why? There's just. There's just too much out there. They would that listen, you can listen to music to. or a podcast or a or a book that I have not previously uh-huh. read. <laughs> but what <laughs> if you could listen to the audio of a movie <laughs> you that I've seen hundred times? Audio versions of Simpsons episodes. <laughs> I would simply not do that. <laughs> you would simply not do that. Um, <laughs> okay. I think we've. <laughs> We've, I think, I think we should gamut. end this. Yeah, I think this has been a very funny podcast. We did talk about the book, Sam, even though we were mostly. Talking we talked about more about the watch the than we talked about the book because we started talking about the book after like one hour of recording. Yeah, but but that's okay because we're named after the watch. So that's it's true. Kind of what we're supposed to do. We're not. Who moves the pictures? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're not. Uh, we're who watches the watch, which is us, the watches of the watch. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I am the watcher on the watch, um, <laughs> and I'm the other watcher on the watch. Uh, and I'm, I'm the one who of... watches the watches. Uh, <laughs> one of us always watches, and the other doesn't. But which one do you ask? Okay, this is this is our normal hour fifty brain rot. So. <laughs> Sorry for talking I so will. much about film. Yeah, sorry for talking about film, but we are talking about moving pictures, yeah. so we kind of have to, because we love the pictures that move, and also the film Venom. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this has been Who Watches the Watch. If you like this, which you do, if you're a new listener and you love this content that we're putting out, um, and you don't feel like we've just insulted you personally <laughs> for like half an hour then you should donate to our Patreon, on which we are currently writing a young adult novel based on bad Amazon self-published fiction author Bella Forrest. And we've written, like, the first two chapters, and they're very funny. Yeah. Um, And we've read them out for you on there. So you can get that and a bunch of other episodes of stuff we've talked about uh, for only one currency a month. That's 12 currency for an entire year. And you basically get an entire book out of it, so... mm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and if you like us a lot, you should give us more money so we have some. Because <laughs> we don't have any. Um, and if you give us five currency, then we'll shout out your name on this podcast so everyone knows how much you love it. Um, and those people, we will say now. Slime Simon. Woo! Boyfriend of the show, Tom, a.k.a. Hank the Tank. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Crandall. Woo! Milk Succubus. Woo! Evan DM. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> and Rise and Grind memes for side hustling teens. Thank you, Woo! thank you so much for your continued support. Oh my god. We do we do appreciate it an awful lot. Especially when we are what we are, mm-hmm. which is a mess. <laughs> we are no. what we but are and you great. can't change anything I about it there's no I patreon know. tier to not make us who we are so no because i don't believe that um the people with the money should control my art <laughs> unless you give us a lot of money 
Unless you give us a million pounds, in which case we will stop. <laughs> I'm but look, very reluctantly. I'm not sure I would. I would stop at um, eight thousand. Okay. A month. <laughs> Me and Yana showing on <laughs> opposing sides here. I see. Okay. I would start. Uh, I think. I think if you give us eight thousand dollars, we just rename the podcast to something else and uh, move Keep it to going. a different feed and continue doing it. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but secretly we'll have different names yeah. and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna become Jonas. Ooh, get eaten by a whale. Um, <laughs> I'll become Baz, and I will become um Lucius. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say um Buffy. <laughs> anyway, this is done, but um. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we love it. You love it. Watch the watch, I guess. Um, until next time, when we'll be reading the second part um, of Moving Pictures, and we will talk about that, and maybe George will be here. We'll see. Yeah. Join our Discord. Um, join our Discord if you want to just hang out and chat. It's very funny. Yeah. And we commit no internet crimes. <laughs> Nothing to be seen there. There's a Homestuck server in there, but you don't. you can mute it. It's fine. Yeah, you're allowed. I will not be uh, upset if you mute the Homestuck server. <laughs> but I will be. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, until next time, Beyond Strong in the Arm is my nuncle, Efe. Our nuncle, Efe. Nonny. He's, my, he's our nuncle. Um, you know, yeah. Citizen Weather Kane Wax. is my favorite film. Yeah. <laughs> Stan Weatherwax. Um, Stan, what's name? Nigel is a classic character. Uh, Nigel, um, Stan, Stan Rinsflower. Did we say that already? Stan Rinsflower. Milfrights. Brandy Weatherwax says, fuck turfs. Um, the luggage eats turfs. Um, luggage eats yeah. turfs. Watch, watch Citizen Kane. Watch The Godfather. <laughs> watch The Godfather Part 2. Watch, watch Casablanca. <laughs> uh, watch Venom. Watch Venom. Stan the Venom Parasite, because we love him. <laughs> um, okay, bye. bye. <laughs> Staring out through ancient eyes Out of nowhere Into nowhere Through a billion stars she flies Under the listening to a good episode productions network podcast see the website for more details